Can anyone do an impression of the sinus clearing? <laughs> I'm going to make that my ringtone. That's great. <laughs> that one's for the fans. <laughs> I do a really good uh, John Candy. Go on then. In that one scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, playing trains in the motel room. Yep. This most famous line in any movie. <laughs> that and um, your bones don't break in a bobsleigh. <laughs> they shatter. During holiday travel, some people get delirious. Some get delayed, and some get <laughs> Del Griffin. American Light and Fixture, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain Ring Division. Neil Page got all three. I was on my way home to spend a nice holiday with my family. Instead, I'm in a motel bed with a stranger. So instead of Thanksgiving with his family, he's spending three days with the turkey. Hello and welcome to Reviews from the Cabin, the podcast where three guys uh, sit in a cabin every two weeks and discuss a film from the 80s, 90s, possibly even the noughties. Jeff, Rudy. Yes. Might I say it's great to have you here in the cabin. Uh, great to be here. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was getting a little bit of cabin fever. Mm. Yeah. Is, that, wait, is that a film reference? Yeah, yeah, I was getting yeah, the yeah, yeah, um, the yeah. skin disease yeah. featured in that movie. Yeah. So we've got a, a a classic that me and Jeff hadn't seen. Yeah. Coming up, but it's one of Rudy's uh, all time mm-hmm. favorite movies yep. in, in your top five, no less. Uh, wait, did I say that? <laughs> or you just put words You're putting a numerical I'm figure. I'm putting words that. into your yeah. mouth. Well, I presume. <laughs> <laughs> I always make assertions about people, and then just go, "Well, I presume." <laughs> <laughs> Would it be in your top five, this? Uh, yeah, you resume correctly. Yeah. Oh, it's a sign of, sign of a strong friendship when you can make assertions yeah, right. and they turn out to be correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, probably is top five. Mm. Um, well, we've also already also done another one in my top five, haven't we, of course? Jurassic Park. Yep. Yes. Flubber. And Flubber. No, that was my top five, sorry. <laughs> so... Um, it's also our first movie from the 1980s. The 1980s. I think yes. I think we this is the first one where we branched outside of our familiar stomping ground of the 90s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quite exciting. Yeah. Definitely a different mm. style to the 80s. Different music. Yeah. Different, different fashions. Oof. Different music. Different politics. Oof. Really, you could mm. say it was a different time. Yeah, really good. <laughs> I mean, it was 40 years ago. <laughs> Shit, 40 years wait, ago. Wait, no, wait, no, 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 30 years ago ish. Yeah, yeah right, yeah. all right. But Jesus. So the year is 1987. Jeff, would you be so kind as to give us a bit of context? What was going on right. in 87? With relish. Mm. Uh, it was a great year. I'm very excited to delve in and give you the download, the dirty details of 1987. Now, let's start with music. You know I love music. Quiz me this. What was the number one of the year in the US for 87? Oh, The biggest selling record in 87. Biggest selling year uh, end Billboard 200. Is it like a Madonna winner. song? It wasn't Madonna. It no? was a girl group. Uh, one hit wonder. I, well, I would describe Salt it as and a Pepper? Salt Pepper. No. no. Uh, kind of almost rap, a, gimmick, a gimmicky rap. hit, almost, like I would rap. say. Not rap. No? Hmm. Kind of Rock. quirky pop. Quirky pop. With a dance move involved as well. A dance the move. The Macarena? That mm, uh, was a bit later. Oh, uh, yeah, it was. I will give you a clue. Yeah. It will help you to walk like a certain... Walk, walk like, like an Egyptian. An Egyptian. Yes. Yes. That was the biggest selling. Yeah. Hmm. Damn. The Bengals. That was the Gangnam style of 87. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, do they have other songs or no? I didn't research Bangles. that part. Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, um, Eternal Flame? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It, it was covered by Atomic Kitten. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is quite a good song. Yeah, so two hit wonder. I suggest you do your research yeah, <laughs> for making <Wow>. aspersions <laughs> about people you don't even know that you, well. A member <laughs> of the Bangles could be listening uh, to this. Uh, I'd be so apologies embarrassed. Apologies to the Bangles. And the Bangles are a fans. friend of the podcast, as you well know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I didn't want to go too deep into 87. And I know that in the past, I kind of pick out the natural disasters and really morbid mm. things of the year. Yeah, can you not? I've steered clear. I've gone for just, you know, generally an interesting tidbit. Uh, so on May the 27th, a place that Roisin recently visited, San Fran, had... Cisco. And I quote, San Francisco. <laughs> the densest concentration of humanity ever. Really? <laughs> which so is according, weird, right? According but to like, who? According to... To John Candy. Some, <laughs> some Wikipedia entry. No, but uh, for the 50th anniversary of the Golden Gate Bridge... Mm-hmm. Uh, 800,000 San Franciscans were Whoa. standing shoulder to shoulder. Cheek, cheek by jowl. 
Oh my god! <laughs> yes. On that famed bridge, Ooh. but can you imagine that being stuck like in yeah, the middle, yeah, yeah. and you are oh. just literally rammed, and there's no way out? That's to me sounds quite scary. That but the dentist wouldn't make me come out in the hives. Dentist concentration of humanity. Oh. If you wanted to get your slice of humanity, oh. May 27, oh. 1987. Did you see the Golden Gate Bridge on your trip? Yeah, of course. How was it? I didn't go to San Francisco. <laughs> no. Nah, I heard there's some bridge. Not really interested. Nah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right. it was it was magnificent. Did you get I a saw little, little picky taken on that hill. Yeah, yeah, I saw it from a lot of angles. Okay, let's well. put it that way. Yeah. Every, <laughs> every nook and every cranny nook was and seen cranny. by Rochelle. I saw it from the right, from um, the left, and I was even on it at one point. Did oh, you? My <laughs> oh my god! All over it. Um, a quick <laughs> film question: as well. Did you go to like that park where you've got like the? Uh, uh, row of terraced houses. Yeah, the, the houses. houses. The Mrs. Doubtfire. Which stars Mrs. Yeah. You go there? Yeah. You saw Mrs. D's house? It's, it's called The Painted Ladies. The Painted Ladies. Uh-huh. Did you get a picture yeah. in front of that? Um, no, but uh, I got a picture of the houses. Okay. I'll, I'll show you after. Yeah. The podcast fans will be very disappointed yeah, yeah. with that news. Wait, I went to see it. Maybe you didn't take a photo of Yeah, would you get pictures in, in no, there, I took a photo. Really nice. I took a photo of it, but just oh, not. Okay. No, I know. So yes, that was 1987. And... Also a big hit in 1987 was a little film directed by John Hughes. Rudy, can you give me the name? It was a little film of a big man with an even bigger heart. (laughs) Oh, please. Planes, trains and automobiles. The uh, John Candy, Steve Martin, probably Magnum Opus. Well, and they both consider it their favourite film of all time as well. That w- and that, that was just such a good build-up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we we didn't reveal the name for so long. Yeah, I was writing that all day at work. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a relief when you finally said it. Uh, so, yeah, we are uh, reviewing Planes, Trains, Automobiles, the, the John Hughes classic from 1987, which uh, marked a departure from his previous kind of teen angst films, showed off his range before things really went south in the 90s. The Dante's the, years. The Dante's years. Yes, yes as we discussed <laughs> well, He wrote under, uh, under a pseudonym. Cheaper by the dozen sex. That's good. So he wrote Flubber and Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Yeah, ha- the same guy. The same wrote guy. and directed this film, a classic, and Cheaper by the Dozen Fall and Flubber. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right, so let's get into this. Act one. Uh, so... I, I love any uh, like establishing shot when it's in New York and it's the 80s. Seven <laughs> days before Thanksgiving. Seven days before Thanksgiving. Mm. So it's um you get a really good title where plane trains and automobiles kind of like moves across the screen like a moving train. Yeah. Uh, it's got like the sound yes. of motion. It's like oh yeah this is nice. And then it does a great cut shot to a like the boardroom office in New York where some guys sat behind a desk like reviewing these designs just sort of umming and ahhing and there's no audio. It's just completely silent mm-hmm. for about a minute. And uh, we're introduced to Neil Page, which is the name of Steve Martin's character. And he keeps looking at his watch and you see his airline ticket. You know, he's got a plane to catch. And he's like, and you can tell just there and then that he's this really angsty guy that's like the situations mm. are always like against him. Neurotic. So he, yeah, he's very neurotic. He's worried about getting this plane. And you just, it's just silence for a minute. And you checked if the sound was working as well, didn't you? Yeah, I feel like that must have been um, a bit of, not a gimmick, but a bit of a trick to make people in the cinema mm. think that they yeah, yeah, yeah. were nearing it correctly, yeah. Uh, so I really like that. He then uh, he then gets out. He's then the classic New York uh, setup where someone's trying to get a cab on the street. That's with probably one of my favourite like New York setups. With my favourite cameo, random Kevin Bacon. Random Kevin Bacon. Oh, what? <laughs> Who does he play? Yeah, Kevin Bacon was just there, yeah. like hailing a cab. So he oh, he's in, in a cab race against Neil Page ah, trying to get a cab. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, and they're yes. facing off against one another on the street, right. running down the street trying to get a cab. Uh, so Neil tries to get a cab. It ends up getting um, driven off because little do we know John Candy's character. Dell uh, Griffith gets in there as um, Neil's trying to haggle on a price with his lawyer. Uh, he misses the cab. He eventually gets to the airport. Uh, flight is delayed, so he's very relieved. He thinks he's relieved anyway. He goes, sits down in the departure lounge, and he sits opposite. And we are introduced for the first time proper, Mr. Dell Griffith and uh, Rasheen. What books he reading? <laughs> Um, he's reading, wait, I've just written oh, down, okay. I've written down The Canadian Mounted, <laughs> Mounted. the book is called. Yeah, but be- the Canadian Mounted. Before we skip over it, one of my favourite parts of the entire movie the look is, on his face. is the startled look 
that John Candy <laughs> wears when um, when Neil opens the cab. He just looks directly into the camera, straight down the barrel, completely breaks the fourth wall, and has this startled expression. And then they replay it when Neil yeah. sees him at the airport. It like flashes but, back but to that face. But it's a different scene. It's like there's just like this cut out car door and his face through the car door going. <laughs> I just I express I did the expression yeah, yeah, there, which yeah. you wouldn't hear. Yeah. It was very funny though. Um, so we were introduced to uh, Dale Griffith. He's like, "Hey, hey, don't I know you? I'm really good with faces." And then uh, Neil Page realizes that was the jackass that uh, got in his cab. Um, and at this point, we kind of start to realize what Neil um, Dale Griffith is like. Uh, Wikipedia describes him, and I love this word as. Uh, a loquacious traveling salesman. Loquacious? Yeah, loquacious. Is that how you pronounce it? How do you pronounce it? I was going to say loquacious. Loquacious? Full of quiche. The Q. Yeah. Loquacious? Loquacious sounds... That's like a nicer... <laughs> it's like a nicer feeling in your mouth saying loquacious. What? You have to get the Q what around about the top of your mouth. Loquacious? Loquacious. It's like a name. <laughs> yeah, that sounds <laughs> like something. <laughs> Did you just loquish? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I'm going with loquacious. Okay. <laughs> so he's a loquacious traveling salesman, um, shower curtain division. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a little samples uh, kind of book on him that he flips open. And you see that. the different shower curtain rings that he's selling. And what does Neil work in? Uh, he works in advertising. He's as a marketing man. Ma- marketing, yeah. just marketing. Just marketing. Yeah. <laughs> when you work in marketing, all you need to say is marketing. You never need to specify further than that. So they, uh, they get onto the plane. It looks like uh, he's getting home to Chicago. Chicago, where Neil Page's uh, <laughs> very uh, what was the word you used to describe his wife? Uh, languid. <laughs> languid. 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 Loquacious. Well, you can't be loquacious and languid. Loquacious. That's the their contradiction. Your personality disorder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Her, her languid. His languid, sexless wife. She's so Whose dull. only job is to wait for Steve yeah. Martin. Oh, and look bored. She look pissed off. Oh. Yeah. Uh, quick sidebar: Is the little boy the same one from Mrs. D? No. Okay, it looks very similar. Yeah, he is. He is. Yes. I, I is looked he? it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Same I hair. Like, same yeah, he's got the same bulk cut. No yeah. Uh, so they, they're on the plane, and a couple of lovely um, quotes I love from uh, Dale Griffith as he gets talking. Uh, he can tell that Neil's getting a bit frustrated because he doesn't shut up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was like, oh, sorry. I don't know if some chowderhead who doesn't know when to shut up. <laughs> chowderhead. Chowderhead. Which I'm going to start using. He also <laughs> says... Um, yeah, I know what you're going to say. Go on. <laughs> like your work, love your wife. Right, that's what I always say. <laughs> you know, the finest line a man will walk is between success at work and success at home. I got a motto. Like your work, love your wife. I'll remember that. (laughs) Such a great saying. Like your work, love your wife. (laughs) I wanted to ask you guys though, have you been in that conversation or have you been in that situation where... With a real chowderhead. Yeah, a real chowderhead on a flight. Or or, alternatively, are you a chowderhead? Do you like to chat on a flight? Oh, no, I'm Mm. I'm definitely not a chowderhead. If if I've been travelling for like 24 hours and I haven't really spoke to anyone, then I would become a bit of a... You become a bit of a chowderhead, Mm, don't you? You want some like interaction. I do like like speaking to sweet older ladies. Like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm just going traveling for a little bit. And oh, I've, uh, I could just see that. <laughs> really smug. Yeah. <laughs> just to brag about my own trip coming uh, up. <laughs> this is how I live now. Yeah, exactly. Excuse me, is that a thing? <laughs> oh, I was just saying. <laughs> uh, so they, uh, they're up in the air. Uh, unfortunately, the plane gets diverted because of bad weather to uh, probably like the dullest sounding place in the States. Wichita. Wichita. It's got the word witch in it. It's got the word witch in it. Mm. And it's got... John Candy and Steve Martin in it for the next scene. It does. Act yeah. uh, two. Uh, so they get to the airport. They're they're trying to um, work out what to do. Uh, Dale Griffith knows a local uh, motel owner that owes him a favour that he sold some curtain rings to, <laughs> and out of the goodness of his own heart, he offers um, Neil Page to come back there with him to to get a bed for the night. So Neil looks around the airport, sees a guy like snuggled up next to the bin. Yeah. He's like, you know what? I'll, I'll take you up on that. <laughs> I love that though, because that's so true. You just see people just sleeping yeah. in there, like yeah. airport seats and floors. It's like, yeah, but that's a classic that. like newspaper uh, article image when it's talking about like flight delays or travel chaos. Mm, like a yeah. row of people like lying on the floor with their jackets over them or something at the um, airport. Invention I saw recently at an airport, like a durable plastic bag, which you can just put air into, tie it up and the air stays in there. So it's just oh. like an inflatable bed. And there's a guy just laying down on it, 
fully sleeping and I was just like a chump, a chowderhead, chowderhead. sitting on the seat like, oh my God, this wow. guy's amazing. Uh, so they, they get the cab to the motel and um, the guy's taking like the scenic route to the motel. Which well, who really is like. this man driving him around? Is well, it a taxi? The guy who, like, owes a, f- who he owes a favor. Oh, it's a fully decked out like hard rock. Like, yeah, yeah, like hair skulls metal. and stuff, and, like yeah. a chain um, steering wheel. I love how he like <laughs> takes him on the long route. It's like midnight. He's like, yeah. he thought you wanted to see the town. No, there he goes. So Delgado goes. He's proud of his town. That's a rare thing these days, <laughs> yeah. which I really liked. Like, it really celebrates small town America to me because yeah. Dale Griffith is very, like, small yeah, town America. Sure, Some, sure. like, chowder head that just loves small town America. But that guy's like America. a potential murderer yeah. driving through Wichita at, like, midnight. He goes, it's, it's 1 a.m. What is there to see? <laughs> uh, so they, um, they get to the hotel room. They get the room. Uh, we, we see through, uh, well, the camera sees that the cashier mixes up the credit card, so they both got right. the same credit card. I, I feel almost like the camera in this movie was almost like a separate character because mm. the camera work is so inventive. Yeah. They do so much with it. Well, the ca- and the camera work really pushes the plot on as well. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, so we see that the cards get mixed up. So Dell takes Neil's card by accident. Um, and the camera sort of lingers on that pur- yeah. Yeah, purposefully. Yeah, yeah. So you know it's going to come back at some point. <laughs> um, so they, they then get to the, the motel room. They open the door. And you, you see a point of view shot from uh, Neil's point of view, don't you? That like just hands the room, sees the double bed. Goes past the looking, bed. And then just does a double take. Yeah. And the camera really jolts back to the double bed. Yeah. Which is a really great shot. <laughs> And they're, they're like really awkward about it and like having these really stilted conversations that they realize they're having to share a double bed, uh, which I really liked. And um, then like things start going downhill because um, Neil slowly starts getting really pissed off by Dell. I think it's particularly because they're in such close quarters. They're just sharing Everything's this Everything's yeah, I mean, it's Everything's always enough break, isn't yeah. it? But like sleeping <laughs> in the same bed as this huge dude who snores <laughs> and like... So um, Dale takes the shower first and uses up every towel <laughs> and soaks the floor. Oh, and right. then when Neil has his shower, all that's left is a flannel <laughs> to try a himself. Small flannel. A small flannel. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, they get into bed together. And um, I can't remember the exact sequence of events, but basically Dale doesn't shut up. Dale uh, doesn't shut up. He starts he, clearing his sinuses yeah. for ages. He's like reading magazines and then he uh, starts clearing his sinuses. And the whole way through this like first part of the movie, I just kept thinking, when is this guy going to reach his breaking point and what what is it going to be that really sets him off and it was the sinuses can anyone do an impression of the sinus <laughs> theory? I'm going to make that my ringtone that's great <laughs> that one's for the fans <laughs> I do a really good uh, John Candy go on then in that one scene <laughs> <laughs> oh playing trains in the motel room yep this most famous line in any movie that um, your bones don't break in a bobsleigh <laughs> they shatter, they shatter. <laughs> Uh, so, it, yeah, it comes to a head, as you say. Um, like, Neil just boils over and just, like, really, like, lays into... Really like, lays really it on thick. deep. Yeah, yeah. like, way yeah. too far. Because and he's he's been keeping it in yeah, that exactly. whole time, it so it just explodes. Out. And so, um, I'll quickly read the quote, because I think it's really lovely. Like, Dale kind of defends himself. Mm. You want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you, but I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Aww. Well... You think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me. Because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. That's so sweet. Rudy, can you say that, please, at your last day of work? Yeah, that's going to be my leaving speech. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care if you don't like me. I like me. Open with the sinus clearing and then move on to that line. Rudy's got something to say. (laughs) (laughs) Is he having an aneurysm? (laughs) I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me, because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. So, um, but, and what we get there as well is like, 
Dell has self-awareness. Like yeah, he knows right. he's this like irritating, talkative guy. Hmm. But like he's like he's just learned to live with it. Like he's learned yeah. to like understand who he is. Whereas Neil Page is just like so like just uptight mm-hmm. and just can't like let his feelings out at all. But so, he also gets very attached, does Dell? Yes. Mm. Yeah. True. Yeah. But well, and I like how that scene sets up their dynamic for like the rest of the film as well. You know, it's going to keep being mm. conflict because mm. they are so like. Yeah, well, from the first act, we haven't really moved on yet, but he like reamed him out straight away. It was quite straight away. Yeah, yeah. I thought it yeah, would yeah, yeah. maybe take a bit longer, but it was like quite early on. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. like the first like within the first four hours of being together, they have this massive <laughs> bust up. Yeah. yeah, and Rasheen, probably your favorite scene then comes after they have the argument and. Uh, Dale goes to oh, bed. Oh, my God. <laughs> I loved it so much. So um, they uh, they make up after that very moving speech. Thank you, Rudy, for, <laughs> for going through that. Um, and they end up going to bed, going to sleep, and they wake up in a kind of compromise a compromised position <laughs> yeah. with John Candy's arm just like draped over <laughs> Steve Martin, like, snuggling him and kissing his ear. <laughs> and um, they both wake up at the same time and realize what's going on. <laughs> and, uh, Neil says he can see one hand. He's like, but where's the, the other hand? <laughs> and and Dal says, it's between two pillows. <laughs> Those aren't pillows. <laughs> <laughs> so I love this part because right after that they um they get really squeamish, they really freak out and then they sort of have to reassert their masculinity. Yeah, right. <laughs> you right. see you see the Paris game the other night? Yeah, 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 yeah great yeah. game, they great start, game, great they game. They talking about sports, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I just love as a trope that that's how every man can like connect with one another is by asking about the game. <sighs> See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hell of a game, hell of a game. Bears got a great team this year. They're going to go all the way. Um, And, oh, sorry, another line that I've missed there is um, when uh, Neil starts laying into Dell, he says, not everything is an anecdote. You have to discriminate. Yeah, yeah, I love that. (laughs) Which is very true. That's That's so true. Have you you met someone where everything is an anecdote? (laughs) Yes. Is it one of us two? I didn't want to say anything about that. <laughs> Jeff, you're yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, you do meet people that are just terrible anecdotalists. Yeah. So, um, and during the night as well, there's another, <laughs> like, the camera's, like, on them as they're asleep. A thief breaks into the room oh, yeah, the and, thief. like, steals their money. <laughs> How does the thief, like, not attract attention? Yeah. And then yeah. he go. He, there's another, like, shot where he gets the money out of the wallet and then just, like, slowly ducks beneath the bed. You just see his head, like, bobbing downwards. In the morning, they're at a cafe after the night before, having, uh, or like a diner, having breakfast, and Neil gets his wallet out and realizes all of his money's gone. But then he immediately suspects Mm. Dell as having stolen from him. And immediately accuses him. Yeah, immediately accuses him, which I think, again, like, but like that's such a common character trope in just so many people. I know yeah. so many people that something happens, they'd immediately suspect you. Well, it was you that did this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Although I'm a bit guilty of that sometimes in my flat, where if I can't find something like, cleaner stolen it. <laughs> I, I know, wait, there it is. Of <laughs> course she hasn't. That bloody woman. <laughs> yeah. she, she's, she's stolen my duvet. Oh, no, wait, she just washed it. <laughs> She's made off with my expensive <laughs> duvet. I think, like, why would she want to steal any of those things that I sometimes jump to the conclusion that she's stolen? Uh, so they wait outside the motel to get a lift to a train station that's going to take them to Chicago. And then some real, like, some real cinematic hick turns up. That's, like, just spitting, yeah. like, Owen. every other... Owen, is that his name? Yeah. I wrote, Owen, disgusting man. <laughs> and it's really dramatic music as he turns up. You just see the feet walking around the truck. Yeah, which yeah, Which is, like, yeah. a classic... I love uh, that, how it setup. pans up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he keeps spitting. He's, like, chewing tobacco yeah, and yeah. spitting it out. It's <laughs> um, horrible. So they, he gives it... It was, like, a 40-mile ride to the nearest train station, and they're frozen on the back, and there's a dog... Like uh, nearly biting Neil's hand off the entire journey. <laughs> Before that, he intru- Owen introduces um, the duo to his wife, uh, <laughs> who's v- who's inhumanely strong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And she, uh, he tells a charming anecdote, which is that when she was pregnant, the baby came out sideways, <laughs> <laughs> which is an image that has stuck with me. Yeah, that's haunting. Uh, so they. Um, they make it to the train station. They get two seats on the train, which unfortunately, Dale can get two seats together. Uh, Neil is obviously delighted by this. And then they, they kind of do a goodbye. And uh, they both think they're on their way back to Chicago. 
Um, at that stage, uh, after like 10 minutes into the journey, the train breaks down, which is hilarious. So then, yeah, the train then breaks down. They all have to get off and just traipse through this muddy field. Mm. And we see, we're seeing again, the camera is from the point of view of Neil. And he's looking ahead, and he can see Dale like struggling along the field. So he's got this massive he's got a like trunk. he's got a it's trunk you would take on a cruise in the Victorian era <laughs> yeah. that he's traveling around with. So um, which doesn't make sense yeah. because his business is shower curtains. Well, it's just like he's just a bit shambolic, isn't he? Like he just doesn't yeah. have much sense, I suppose. I uh, so Neil, um, so the goodness of his own heart, uh, Neil catches up with Dale, uh, grabs the other end of the trunk, and they walk to like where is it? Like, where is it they're going? Like to like another diner or Sheboygan. something? Sheboygan. Sheboygan. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, after the train breaks down they make it to jefferson city and they're in like a bus terminal and they want to get uh some bus tickets to get as far as they can um because they've been robbed this sets up a lovely montage where uh dale griffith being the resourceful man that he is he's got a bunch of shower curtain sample shower curtain ring samples on him (laughs) and then starts selling them to all the women at the bus stop at the bus station like telling them their earrings (laughs) (laughs) I love like the level of detail he goes into with his sales pitches as well. He's like, well, these are an exact replica of the one that Princess Anne wore in 1972. Uh, These aren't the real thing, of course, but they are replicas. Very good ones. (laughs) I love it so much. Like he loves his his craft. These are very special earrings, by the way. These were originally handcrafted for the Grand Wizard of China back in the fourth century. Now these, of course, aren't the originals, but they are replicas, very good replicas too. They're selling for $5 a pair, two for $7. Yeah, that's something I want to pick up on actually. Like, I love how um, sensitive it was that like, to me, Dale Griffith's character was kind of like showing you the importance of just like, enjoying what you do like even even if what you do is just a bit shit or other people will look down on like Hmm. he's a he's a shower curtain ring salesman and he's just fine with that he's he's very happy with just that job Mm. and i thought that was like a really nice message that you gotta learn to just be happy with what it is like you're doing interesting that neil the real marketer was nowhere to be seen not (laughs) yeah this is not my field of experience oh i uh, do seo (laughs) (laughs) i'm more of a digital marketer Uh, so they, they managed to cobble together some cash uh, that resourceful Dell gets from flogging these shower curtain rings as earrings. And then you see everyone in the bus terminal like wearing them. These big 80s <laughs> These massive plastic, yeah. Um, so they, um, they get a bus and the bus takes them, they take them to like St. Louis where I think from there they then like can then get to somewhere else. And on the bus... That was a really nice shot because like they shot it at like a lovely hour where the light, like the golden hour light, is like mm. streaming through the bus windows. And what I really liked about this film was like the constant like set scenes of like Americana, mm. where it's like going through the American heartlands, like loads of scenes in diners, in motels, mm-hmm. yeah. on buses. Like it's just like a really expansive shot of America, which is really beautiful. Mm. Um, and on the bus, um, because obviously like people that take the bus are like. I guess like more hard up, more working class. Neil is like a very kind of middle class guy, lives in this massive mansion in Chicago, (laughs) works in a big office in New York. Um, So like everyone's singing these like pop culture songs or like TV theme tune songs. (laughs) And then uh, Neil like, Oh, makes himself vulnerable and starts singing a song oh. he thinks everyone's gonna know. <laughs> is it and like a ballad? Is it yeah, it's like um, like it's something you'd sing at Harvard or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. He goes, come on, no, you, you know it, you know it. With the rowing team. <laughs> no, nobody likes it. Yeah. Nobody gives him any credit for it. You got one. Neil Page has got one. Three coins in a fountain. Each one seeking happy. You know this, seeking happiness. Thrown by three hopeful lovers. For me, that was like the worst thing that happens yeah. to him in this movie. Even like all the money that he lost and all the stress, that like vulnerability yeah, and then yeah. immediately it being it shot like down. crushed, isn't it? Was, yeah. was really upsetting to watch. Uh, and then they immediately start singing the, the Flintstones afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> Flintstones, right. Flintstones. The Flintstones. That is a classic of sing-alongs. Though, <laughs> uh, so they get to um, St. Louis Airport where they then split again. Oh no, they then have another argument in another diner where Neil being really insensitive, like, I can't remember what he does, but he upsets Dale again. Oh, he basically tells him, like, let's just go on our own now. We've yeah. got this far. And Dale, like, he's, he's very sensitive, as you say, he gets very hurt. So, like, he immediately leaves the dinner, insists on paying for it, and then, like, kind of walks off. So, at this point, you don't know, like, Dale's kind of out of shot and out of the narrative. And then you have Steve Martin that hires a rental car 
from the airport parking lot. He goes to find where the car is, and this is another good Useless. point. It's a really good point of view shot where he like looks at his ticket again. He's like, okay, Bay 75, and there's a point of view shot where he's looking at 71, <laughs> 72, 73, 74, 75, and he just looks up, and there's nothing there, <laughs> which I loved. Yeah, the car rental people are absolute jokers, aren't they? <laughs> no respect for his time. No respect for him at all. And it just... It's just his luck that the one car is gone. Uh, is gone. The one that he needs, and he has to hike back onto the uh, airport. Doesn't exactly. He? So he hikes all the way back to the airport, like, like slipping over as he goes in like yeah. snow drifts. How yeah, does he? Course. He walks across an actual live terminal. <laughs> like, yeah, he, wa- the, the, he walks through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the what would you call that? Um, oh, he's like in the he's like on airside, the, isn't the he? Runway, yeah. The yeah, runway. Yeah, the runway. There's a shot where a plane's just landing right next to him. <laughs> Steve, what are you doing there? If that happened these days, he would be dead. So he um, he went to the uh, so he goes he, like, he goes back to the rental agent desk where he's got like no shoes, he's just like dripping and no wet. No shame. <laughs> and um, the car rental agent says, "How may I help you?" And he well, says, "Well, she's on the phone for ages, oh, yeah, which yeah. really gets his back up." Which apparently that was uh, freestyle. That was riff. Really? Like, they yeah. just told her to like. Yeah, like make some like small talk on the phone. Well, no, because in the first scene she like greets him straight away. In the other scene they say, "Oh, mate, like do something to like hold him up." She's talking about yeah, like yeah. the Thanksgiving yeah. dinner yeah, that exactly. she's gonna make, and that was based on like she said the exact conversation she had with her sister like <laughs> earlier that day, where she's saying she can't cook, and she's got one of those really annoying laughs where she like goes, yeah. <laughs> 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 and like that'd be exactly the sort of like thing for Neil to overhear that he would like despise <laughs> that sort of person <laughs> he's so uptight especially after that day as well and she's <laughs> yeah. making him wait even more um, and then what follows is quite an angry so, speech well I'll just do the first bit where he says uh, you can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks yeah, that's <laughs> which is like it's pretty full on it's like oh, fuck, yeah. like you can't talk to people like that welcome to Marathon may I help you yes how may I help you Start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks. Yeah. And uh, another thing that I think was like a lesson here and for character development for Neil was like, because he was just so rude sometimes to staff. Yeah. And every time he acted like that, like, he like they always they got one over, him over him. Yeah. yeah. Like and it was just kind of like the message is you can't treat people like that. Yeah, Even if you're definitely. like pissed off, it's not the person's fault that's working there. Mm-hmm. You can't talk to someone like that. Yeah. So he really does look down and treats yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, He thinks he's superior positions. to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's horrible. Did you guys know how many fucks are used? Uh, in is it fifteen, I think. Eighteen. 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 Yeah. yeah. One, it's like one minute from when she's on the phone to when he finishes his tirade, which was surprising because I didn't notice any swearing up until that. Point. No, well, yeah, exactly. That's much the this is the only swearing. This is the only scene, and this scene bumped it from. A PG to an R rating no in way. the states. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. eighteen wow. fucks. But this for me was so funny, man. Like Steve Martin, like comes into his own for yeah. me in this scene. It's so so funny. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, because he threw away his uh, rental agreement. Oh, of course. She goes, "Well, I'm afraid you're fucked." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. She has the last laugh. That's such a good comeback. <laughs> um, so he then walks out of the airport and he goes to like the taxi rank. And uh, bear in mind, he's in St. Louis. And he asked the taxi dispatcher, like, can I get a cab to um, Chicago? And he's like, why don't you try and get a plane? It's a lot quicker and you get a free meal. (laughs) 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 It's like the worst possible moment he can make, like, a joke to nil. He goes, uh, goes, if I wanted a laugh, I'd follow you into the jar and watch you take a leak. (laughs) (laughs) So this gruff taxi dispatcher which when has there ever been a non-gruff taxi <laughs> dispatcher all, they, like, they're you have always to be gruff, gruff. They're they're, otherwise they'll walk all over you <laughs> in taxi dispatching <laughs> uh, punches him in the face uh, again point of view shot where you kind of see his nose like unfolding and then he collapses and a car just screeches to a halt serendipity out of the car who should it be <laughs> Mr. Dale Griffith who's managed to rent a car and get an actual car so um he kind of rescues uh, Neil, and they're then on the next part of their journey, which is a lovely road trip. Yeah, which I really love how that scene opens um, when they're just in the car, and as soon as you hear Steve Martin talking, he's got a, a voice which is about six decibels higher than it usually is. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because when, when, um, the, guy, uh, when the guy punched him in the face, yeah. the, the gruff taxi man... Uh, punched him in the face he also like grabbed his balls and dragged him along he the floor for a while the testicles, yeah. <laughs> not comfortable um and yeah i really love this scene as well because we get a lot of jaunts and 
antics in the car. In the car, yeah. Well, you have a lovely montage. Oh, <laughs> this might have been my favourite part of the movie, actually. Um, the song is, everybody do the mess around. Yeah. <laughs> yes, mate, what a tune. And it's so good, that whole scene. Oh, he's just doing like the piano on the dashboard. Yeah. And then starts doing like the sax with his yeah. like, finger in his mouth. Yeah. And he loves that song so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a funny song to be so passionate about. Um, so he, uh, during the song as well, he's smoking a fag and he just like, he throws it out the window, but the air blows it back into the back seat. And for ages, they're like, it's getting really hard in here. Like the classic yeah, like yeah. sitcom Jeopardy where you like, the characters don't know, but you know something's about to happen. Yeah. And they, um, they like hit some ice, the car skids, and then they get back onto the freeway, but they join the freeway going in the wrong direction. And then we've got this great Jeopardy where they're driving on the highway and like the guys on the other side of the highway on the right lane are like shouting and going, you're, you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. What did he say? He says we're going the wrong way. Well, they don't How? know where we're yeah, going. They don't know where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Must be drunk. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and like the camera keeps cutting like every few seconds, like these two lorries going beep, beep. Yeah. And like the cut gets quicker and quicker That's and quicker lovely, as it yeah. does in any um, type of like Jeopardy scene. That's and so like good. the characters don't know, don't know. And it's like, oh, oh like I love this like comedy, like drama. <laughs> And then they skid like in the middle. They kind of scrape beside these two trucks. Uh-huh. And as it's happening, <laughs> it's from again good POV shot, like showing the reaction of Neil. And he's looking at Dell. And like you just see a skeleton's face at one moment, and then he turns into the devil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He sees Dell as the devil. This is really surreal. I didn't really understand what was going on. Is this like it was such a near death? Well, it's a near death experience. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, everything yeah. was. He just had these hallucinations. I loved it. Awesome. So it was so cool how it just like surprises you like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. This this film just constantly hits the mark, and it does so many different kinds of comedy as well. Mm. And every single yeah, very time, true, it just this nails is like, it. This is like meta comedy almost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 changing the 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 reality of the film it's itself. It's super surreal. Yeah. yeah, and just that the whole scene at the start with um the silence, like everything yeah, just happening in definitely. people's facial expressions, and then the yep. scene with all the fucks. It's yeah, happy to play with the audience. Yeah, which is like so yeah. fun to watch because it's different. You know? Exactly. Um, so they uh, like they kind of survive it they park up the car like and they're just composing themselves they just nearly died and then it's a good shot because they're in the foreground and the car's just in the background and as they're talking you just see you just see the car like spark on fire and I just couldn't get any worse and then at that point like Neil just like breaks down into like hysterical laughter he's like you finally fucked yourself that's on like because it's on your credit card you finally like ruined it yourself yeah and then uh like uh Dell's like <laughs> well <laughs> actually uh <laughs> i'll actually use your credit card <laughs> which is a callback to the earlier scene where he mixed the credit cards up <laughs> act three act three and this is i think around about when the tide starts to turn for neil because he re- he realizes how ludicrous everything is so this is the first time we really see him like break down and laugh and I think from this point onwards, he's just he's just going along with it. Like he knows he's stuck he's with this man. In so deep. Yeah, yeah oh, he's wow. in so fuck. deep, and he's just like, okay, well, this is ridiculous. So <laughs> fuck it. And another part that I really loved in this scene as well is when um, Neil is just shaking Dell. He's like, "What do you mean you used mine?" He's like shaking him from side to side. <laughs> fat ragdoll. Love it so much. So, um, what happens to the car after so this? Obviously, well, they get rid of it, right? Still, still roadworthy. <laughs> it's just like a burnt out shell that's still smoldering yeah. and they're driving it down the freeway <laughs> it's a husk of a car yeah, and it's snowing and it's just all the snow just falling on them and their their hands get like, like stuck sli- to the steering wheel they like mould into the plastic yeah, yeah. Right, right. Uh, and then a police officer stops them at one point because they're being pretty conspicuous um, and I love the sincerity of Dell in this scene as well uh, when he's just trying to get himself out of a situation when the police officer inquires about this car and he says well it's not pretty to look at but it'll get you where you need to go <laughs> yes <laughs> so sincere also almost a callback to uh, Cool Runnings uh, well, Cool, unveil, cool unveil, Forward unveil, yeah, 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 cool yeah. they unveil the bobsled yeah it's not pretty to look at but yeah, it'll get you down the. <laughs> it'll get you down to the bottom of Calgary. Slope. Um, so they pull up at a motel. They're they're out of money and they're in this burnt out car. So Neil, in desperation, barters like it's obviously quite a nice watch for a night in a room. 
uh, Dell just has nothing to give away. So he's like sat in this wreck of a car with no roof, with snow falling on him. Then Neil's in his motel room and then like softens up, doesn't he? Then, and yeah. this is like yeah. the start. This is the turning point. It's going to start the third act. Yeah, this like, is, yeah. invites uh, Dell to share his room. And then we have a like, it's like a lovely shot, a really nice composition where uh, Neil's kind of lying on his bed and Dell's sat in his armchair, like either side of the, of the scene. And it's like this really chintzy, like American motel room. And there's like a fixed camera and they're just like shooting the shit with one another, mm-hmm. like drinking uh, like those little miniature uh, liquors. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Just like getting drunk and just laughing about like the, the, the week. They're really yeah. bonding. Yeah, and, yeah. and Neil says something quite poignant at this point. He, he starts talking about Dell's wife and saying, Oh, I, I know how you talk about her. It's obvious that she loves you a lot and mm. saying that he's going to go home and see her. And he's happy for him because he knows that Dell's got a loving wife because he keeps mentioning her. Uh, and that will come back a little bit later. She's in the trunk. <laughs> oh, that would have been time. <laughs> yeah. That would have been such a dark <laughs> twist. It's like uh, drains and automobiles cross with seven. Yeah. <laughs> and coffins. in the trunk. <laughs> So they carry on driving in the car, is that right? This burned out wreck. Yeah, I think they do. And they make it uh, finally to like the outskirts of Chicago. Uh, Sheboygan. Sheboygan. And they get onto like the like that metro system in Chicago. And so that's a really nice goodbye where the train comes and it's like it's like a really drawn out goodbye where yeah. they realise that they're not going to see one another again but they've really bonded. Hmm. And then Neil gets on the train and really nice facial expressions where he's just sat there and just thinking about like the Odyssey and he's yeah. like <laughs> did you hear about how well, the camera wasn't on yeah like, or right. he, he didn't know it was uh, the camera was shooting sorry when that film was um, that scene was shot yeah. yeah so he was just pondering his lines yeah. naturally yeah, yeah, yeah. and they kept it in the film which is quite nice and then you can hear in his mind he's like I haven't been home in years I haven't been home in years yeah which he like said at one point dental plan <laughs> dental plan let haven't me help you George years. Washington <laughs> Uh, so it, it twigs to Neil that something's maybe not quite right uh, with Dell, and the next scene he gets the train back to the station and it's like a really like poignant quite heartbreaking scene yeah. where Dell's just like sat in this empty waiting room mm, that's he's just so like sad. he's just sat there like looking at his hands like because oh, he has nowhere to go so upsetting and like Neil's like why don't you go home and he's like I, I don't have a home to go to my yeah, wife he finally, died. finally yeah. breaks down. His tells wife him the died truth. eight years ago. Mm. Yeah, wow, he's, he's like, I haven't been home in years. Yeah, it's like really quite sad. So uh, Neil finally cracks. You know, he's bonded with this man after all the um, surreal comedic episodes, and takes him back to the family. And it, apparently, an ending that they thought of originally for this was for Neil to go back to his family and then for Dell to like follow him unknowingly uh, like <laughs> with the dead wife in the box yeah. <laughs> I want you guys to meet Mrs. Griffith I think you're finally ready to meet my wife <laughs> no she's down there <laughs> um, so yeah but then John Hughes I think changed it because he was like I just realised how much I didn't like that character after that happening mm. so he changed it so that Neil kind of breaks down and invites him. Mm. And it's important which is for Neil to have much that, more that character arc and that yeah. that journey, for sure. And for Dell as well, it's mm. important because he needs to be a sympathetic character because he can be very mm. unlikable. And just to see him waiting in that in that train station mm. by himself. Yeah, that's devastating. Just really sad. So they go home to to his like that the massive sexy languid wife. Well, I, I love again Ameri- like John Hughes Americana, where it's pretty much the same house that Kevin lives in in Home Alone, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, it's one yeah. of these massive weatherboarded detached houses, like in yeah. the rich suburbs of Chicago, <laughs> which I've read. Um, they spent $100,000 constructing that set for what? that house. Really? When they only shot like three minutes of scenes there. Yeah. And it way, caused a yeah. huge bust up with Paramount <gasps> and like the film's producers. Like, why did you spend all this money yeah, on hell. this one set for a couple of scenes? Yeah. For the languid wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the languid, for the languid sexless wife. <laughs> <laughs> Draper on the gold couch. And Robin Williams' son. Yeah. <laughs> 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 He's lost custody of her. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Neil reunites with his his sexist wife his who just sexist who like, doesn't really like give him, doesn't give him much of a welcome it's just like oh you're back gives him like a hug around no she, she appears at like the top of the stairs uh, as you have to in that kind of scene and yeah. gives a hint right. of a smile yeah um, and I just don't really understand why they made this the ending because 
am I supposed to root for this couple in any way? I haven't seen them interact yeah. at all, or for him to like talk about her. Yeah, it's more like the like the emotional depth is with Dell, yeah, and, yeah, like, definitely. dead wife, yeah, definitely. not with um, like I, I, there was nothing invested Could in me. Not I wasn't like, oh god, shit. I hope yeah. Neil gets back to his I sexless was wife. So relieved yeah, that yeah, she yeah. had her husband home for the day. <laughs> it's like okay, yes, <laughs> closure. <laughs> and I think it's quite nice. So the implication is that Dell's going to stay with them. Uh, for a bit but probably forever well so I would so I was thinking like a great sequel would be like he's Dale's still just living a there. terrible house guest <laughs> he's completely overstayed his welcome like he's uh, got socks soaking in every sink <laughs> it would like be a, a bit real like, deal um, from the Simpsons yeah. <laughs> or like the Mr. Bean movie did you ever uh, see that I seen it oh yeah, that's essentially the plot. Mr. Bean moves in with a family and they have to get used to it. Well, that that is like, that's just a great setup for any comedy where like a house guest overstays yeah, their welcome right, right. and everyone gets like slowly more and more pissed Fuck off. off. Yeah. Get out of my fucking house, you fucking bad You bastard. fucking bad freeloader. <laughs> Wipe that fucking uh, yeah. smile off your fucking rosy cheeks. Well, speaking of, Rasheen, so the, the very last scene is Dale Griffith doing a smile like to camera, yeah. like breaking the fourth wall, just like a closed mouth like really happy like fulfilled content. smile content smile which is exactly the same uh, last scene in Uncle Buck I was going to say is it a freeze frame this freeze frame yeah yeah, yeah Mate, bring smiling. the freeze yeah. frame back <laughs> I feel like that was the only real I mean there are a few other things but like that is so 80s to me like that was one of the biggest yeah. like this is the 80s that's like, super John Hughes though no because oh, wait who am I thinking of like the breakfast club yeah John Hughes yeah, yeah. yeah John Hughes yeah, no, where you're right, you're at right. the end it ends with the guy yeah. doing like a uh, yeah. high five yeah he loves a, a freeze frame John Hughes and it's yeah. a freeze frame yeah um, so Ooh. planes, trains, planes, and yeah. automobiles. There, there she is. There she is. Uh, hated it. <laughs> <laughs> From Dale not shutting up. <laughs> yeah, it's so annoying. Yeah. Didn't really go into his like sh- sh- uh, shower curtain business enough. I want to know more about that. Uh, yeah, I love it. It's just such a funny film, and it's got such like depth of characters as yeah. well. Like although it's just like the odd uh, couple setup. Yeah. It just goes into like such depth and such like attention to detail. The fact that Neil is a shell curtain ring salesman, right? Which I love, and he like he loves his work. Like, yeah, he's proud of who he is, in spite of like most people think that's a ridiculous career and a ridiculous mm, yeah. calling. Yeah, I just love the simplicity of it. It's so yeah, it doesn't right. need to have all these plot like convolutions. It's just so simple. It's a buddy movie, like yeah. on the road as well. Oh, it's a buddy slash road movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like that. It's just yeah, it's such a simple premise, but works so well, and it's just carried by Steve Martin and John Candy. Hmm. I agree. So yeah, this was the first time I saw it as well. Um, yeah. And I was just laughing all the way through, like properly lolling going for it. <laughs> and yeah, it was, I just thought the comedy was so kind of experimental. So it, like it was, mm. it used a bit of everything in the comedy. Like it didn't just rely on the characters or the situations. It was just everything. And it just hit the nail every every single time. It hit the, the nail, nail on the head. Hit, wasn't mm. it? There yeah. wasn't a dud scene. There was no filler. No. Yeah, there's well, no well, filler. That's the good thing actually about a road movie is like there's generally no filler because yeah. like it's this constant movement. There's always right. a, there's always the next scene, the next scene, the next yeah, scene. Yeah, it's yeah. just set piece to the next. Yeah, yeah set exactly. Piece. Set piece and to set piece. I, I, like this is ninety minutes. This film, and I think this is like the perfect example of a ninety minute yeah. like film. It's and they get so much in as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They travel so because much it's around. so simple and there's only two people involved. They can cover so much ground. Yeah. Literally. And, nice. and <laughs> literally, and literally, oh, <laughs> and figuratively. Um, also, liked um, it was kind of like a bit of a, like the John Hughes staple because it's the same obviously in the Home Alone films, mm. where it's the kind of plot device of someone trying to get back to where they need for to be for a special occasion. Because yeah, it's not just like it's not just a road trip for no purpose. It's a road trip set in motion because someone is in A and he needs to get to B but he can't get to B like, mm. quick enough and that produces all the angst which I really liked about it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so planes trains and automobiles how many um, uh, shower, shower curtain rings. rings on the rail <laughs> would you Ooh, give this nice Ooh. I'd almost give this a nine you know I think it was so enjoyable yeah it was fucking funny like so many set pieces that I think like I think back to and I'm like oh that is a classic and mm-hmm. I've kind of heard it referenced or seen it referenced before. I think it's a nine. I'm going to lock in a nine. I'm going to go with uh, an 8.5 because I'm feeling conservative today. Uh, uh, yeah, but I go for like, this is like the ultimate um, like mainstream comedy for me. Mm. So I'd, I'd yeah. like lock it in at a nine. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what what's a 10? 
Are we ever going to give a film a 10? Ten? Um, 10 shower curtain well, We've done Flubber. Um, yeah, <laughs> Flubber obviously <laughs> is the a Flubber's 10. Now the Flubber's out of the way. Um, Speed 2 was also a 10. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's, just it's just hard to give out tens, isn't it? I mean, you always feel a bit naughty. It's like, oh, a little, a little ten here. Oh, a ten, a ten feels reckless, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Can I do? It? No one cares, Jeff. No one gives a shit what you think about a pointless numerical point system. Any other hot facts from this film that you guys want to share? Anything else that piqued your interest in the research? Um, the first 60 pages of the script were written in six hours. Mate, shut, yeah. he, shut he this He wrote down. the screenplay in three days, which was the average amount of time that he would write a screenplay in. Oh, my wow. God. So he clearly, like, because he clearly just had the gift, like, mm. during his peak, that he could just bang out a screenplay and it'd be great. Yeah. And then he just obviously thought he could keep doing that. But as his quality deteriorated, because he probably spent such little time writing it, like, that really suffered from the screenplays mm. in later years. Like when you're writing Chief of White a Dozen Four in three days, So that's another film in the bag then. Done and dusted. Thanks, guys. Film in the trunk. Thank film you. in John Candy's Body trunk. in the trunk. Body in the trunk. <laughs> um, we could do Seven next as the companion piece. Yeah, to yeah. Jacob is the companion right, piece. Right. Yeah. They just naturally go yeah. so well together. A couple of dead wives. <laughs> I wish the cast was swapped. I'd like to see Planes, Trains, Automobiles with like Kevin yeah. Spacey as Del. Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow's body in that in trunk. <laughs> she could be the rather languid that, wife. <laughs> rather than the, wait, it was her head in the box. Is that right? It was her, it yeah, was yeah. her head in the box. Yeah, had uh, the spoilers. But well, yeah. yeah thanks for giving away what's in the box. Jesus. What's in that box? Favorite Gwyneth Paltrow movie role? Head in the box. Head in the box. <laughs> Shakespeare in love. <laughs> oh, seven. <laughs> um, so thanks for joining us, guys. We'll be back uh, in two weeks' time with another film favorite. Lovely. Planes, we're getting on a plane. Must mean that it's that time of year again Okay, it's delayed, but I got no reason to complain Just hope the guy I'm sitting beside isn't too much of a pain Trains, we gotta get on that train This guy won't leave me alone, he's really such a chowder brain All I can do is look at him in disdain Cause as much as I hate to admit it, what I really wanna say is shower curtain. I know you'll never let me go. Of this I'm certain. Even if you use my credit card, you rent a car and set it on fire, leaving us stranded. You like you and I like you too. That's how I feel. I want to share with you my Thanksgiving meal.